Beautiful. How wonderful. We're going to go to the book of Matthew this morning. Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 28 in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one there in front of you somewhere in one of those chairs. We'd love for you to follow along. We believe the Bible. Here, okay. <laughs> we believe the Bible here at Riverside Baptist Church. We believe it. We believe it is the Word of God that it gives us divine direction. It's the reason that we are here this morning, and it is the reason that we send missionaries around the world because we believe the Word of God. And I believe it has a message for us even this morning. Matthew chapter 28, look down to the end of the chapter there. We're going to look at some very familiar verses for those that know the Bible. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 18. The Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We're going to talk this morning, try to preach a little bit on the mission of the church. The church has a mission the Great Commission, and we're going to try to expound a little bit on that. Let's pray, and we'll get right on into it. Heavenly Father, we're very thankful, Lord, for your word. We're very thankful that you have given us an opportunity to be a part of your work, Lord, in getting the gospel out to this lost and dying world. And not only right here in St. Joseph and in the state of Missouri and in the United States of America, but around the world. And Lord, we can't do that. Uh, except that you have commissioned us to do so. And we're thankful, uh, Father, for those that are willing to go. We're thankful for those that are willing to give. And Lord, we pray you'd challenge us this morning. And once again, uh, Father, for those that may not know Christ as their Savior that are here today, I pray that you would speak to them very clearly. Lord, the whole idea of getting the gospel out to a lost and dying world is that people wouldn't end up in hell for eternity So speak to them clearly, Lord. Draw them to yourself. Uh, We're thankful. We pray now for your power, for clarity of thought and speech, uh, that you'd help us to stay on track with what you have for us this morning. We'll thank you and praise you for what you do. But we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. And please do be seated. Truly, the mission of the church is very clearly spelled out for us within the Word of God. And if we'll study it and do so with an open mind, we're not going to have any problem knowing what the will of God is for every local New Testament Bible-believing church. I mean, God gives the pattern for that. Truly, I believe if no one knew anything about the church or what they were supposed to do, they were saved by the grace of God and they just had the Bible and were willing to study the Bible, that they'd do very well in doing what God would have them to do. Uh, There's a lot of books on the market today about how we can do this, methods to do this, methods to do that, and building the churches and all that. I think the book of Acts probably does a really good job about that. I believe if we'll just stay with the Bible way, uh, trusting the Lord to build the church, that he's going to do a good job. I'm very thankful that we have the Word of God. The word mission means a sending out or being sent out with the authority to perform a special duty. And there in Matthew 28 where we read, we have the method of, mis- uh, of missions. Uh, we are to go. We are to evangelize, uh, to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, to tell people that Jesus Christ did come, uh, that he was born of a virgin, that he did live a sinless, perfect life, that he did go to the cross and shed his life's blood for the sin of mankind, that he did give up the ghost and die, that he was laid in the tomb dead for three days, that he rose from the dead at the end of that time, victorious over death and hell and sin, and ascended to his father not long after that. And if people would 
just repent of their sin and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They can have forgiveness of sin, a home reserved for them in heaven, eternal life with Him forever. I mean, that is the old, old story. Amen. That is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have to go to do that. We have to evangelize. And then we have to baptize. And we have to disciple. We're supposed to do it all. We go and we tell them about about the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for mankind, for the world. Uh, Once they are saved by the grace of God, we get them to follow Him in scriptural baptism. And it doesn't stop there. Then we do our very best to disciple them and lead them and teach them in a way that God would have them to go. It's very important that we fulfill it all. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, we have the manner of missions. The Bible says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So we're to go, we're to preach to every creature, that would be everyone. There's no wrong person to give the gospel to. God does not pick and choose who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No, no, no. Don't listen to those people that tell you, well, God's already chosen who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell. That's a lie. You can't find it in the Bible anywhere. It is not there. Oh, no, no. Anyone that's willing to receive the gospel and to put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ can be saved by the grace of God. We're to preach to every creature. And then once again, we are to baptize. And we'll get a little bit more into that. In Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 40. 5 through 48, we have the message of missions. The Bible says, Then open he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures, and saith unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. So repentance and remission uh, of sins is to be preached. Okay, uh, let me put it this way. It's, it's more than just, being saved by, the, by God's grace is more than just saying a prayer. There's a lot of people that pray, probably more than you and I pray, and they're not going to make it to heaven. Because salvation is more than just saying a prayer. And it's more than just saying the sinner's prayer. There has to be a work of God that's going on in their heart. The Holy Spirit of God has convinced us that we need a Savior along the way. And then there has to be this repentance. Come on, a a willingness that we know that we need what God has to offer. And that we are willing to turn our heart to Him. We wholly believe the truth of what the gospel tells us. And we are willing to go to Him, put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross all those years ago. It is very, very important that we want what He has to offer. Okay, look, years ago when I got saved, 37 years ago now, when I got saved out of a life of drug addiction and alcohol addiction, I didn't understand repentance as far as the word meant, what the word meant. But I know that I repented. Because at that very instant, in my living room, beside my coffee table, on my knees, crying out to God, I wanted what he had to offer. I wanted a new life. I wanted something different. I wanted the eternal life that he had to offer. I must say, I must admit at that point in my life, and I don't want to get into a long story, I wasn't so much concerned about hell. I knew I was headed there for sure. I wasn't concerned, but I wanted that life that God offered up, that eternal life, that new life. I needed that from God. I wanted that from God. I mean, more than I wanted anything else at that very instant, I wanted that. And that's what true repentance it's all about. It's a turning of the heart to God. It's wanting what what God has to offer. It's not just looking for a way out. It's not doing it to get somebody off of our back. It's not doing it because somebody has twisted our arm. It's not doing it just with hopes that something's going to work along the way. Oh, no, no. It's putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's wanting what he has to offer. And I guarantee you that morning in April of 1984, when I called upon him to be my savior, he saved me just like that. Just like that. I mean, I mean, my sins were forgiven. My name was written in the Lamb's book of life. My home was being prepared in heaven. I've known now for 37 years that if I fall over dead, that I'm going to open my eyes to the presence of the Savior. I'm telling you, if you don't have full assurance of that, if you don't know that you know that you know that you've been saved by the grace of God, today would be a good day to get that settled. And you can because of the promises of the Word of God. 
It's preached. It's preached to all nations. In John chapter 20, verse 21, we have the means of missions. The Bible says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. So, so the, the commission, I mean the means of it, is that, uh, that uh, 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 we are sent to do what God would have us to do. Now, that doesn't just concern missionaries that are willing to go around the world. And it doesn't just concern people that surrender to full-time ministry. But it concerns all of us. That God would give us peace. <laughs> that he would give us peace that we are saved by the grace of God that he would give us peace that we can tell people the truth of the gospel because well it is the truth that if people do not turn to God they do not trust Jesus Christ as their savior they will spend eternity in hell we should have great peace about that no no I'm not saying there won't be a battle to try to get the word out because the devil fights that just as hard or harder than anything as we pass out tracts as we invite people to church as we have an opportunity to sit down with someone and share Jesus Christ with them man the devil hates that he hates that because he knows that if people trust Christ that he has no hold on them anymore amen and I'm telling you we should have that peace that we need to go out and and declare 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 the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus said as my father has sent me so send I you so we have this great commission and it is given to all of us that have truly trusted Jesus Christ as our personal savior and no 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 take this this is great this will bring you peace if you'll get it in your heart and your mind it is God who sent you it is God who sends you out into St. Joseph to declare the gospel. It is God that sends you if you surrender around the world to preach the gospel. It is God that, it is God that sends us. It is God that empowers us to go out and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, we have the motivation of missions. The Bible says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Um, we're to go everywhere. And because that God has, has given us a great commission, uh, he motivates us. Well, how's that? Well, it says ye shall receive power. And so we have power. No, it's not power like you might, uh, <laughs> it's not power like you might wish to have. It's power to declare the gospel. It's power to tell people about Jesus Christ. It's power that we know that the Holy Ghost of God, who lives inside of us if we are saved, is speaking to their heart when we're speaking the word of God to them. It's a wonderful thing to know that we are backed up by God himself. And it says we, we have received power to be witnesses, to tell people. Come on, if you've been saved by the grace of God, surely you've shared that with somebody. If you've truly been saved by the grace of God, surely you've wanted somebody else to know about it. I'm telling you, I got saved by His grace. I, I didn't know anything about church, the Bible, anything else, but I wanted people to know what happened to me. I figured everybody was going to want it. I was wrong about that. Everybody didn't seem to want it, but I figured everybody would want it. There was something in me that just said, hey, you need to tell other people about what has happened to you. Well, where are we supposed to tell it? Well, it says we're supposed to tell it in Jer Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of of the, of the world. I've, I've never been to Jerusalem. We were supposed to go at one time, didn't get to go. I've never been to Judea or Samaria. Uh, I've been to some of the uttermost part of the world. But I'm in my own Jerusalem. That would be St. Joseph, America. Okay. <clears throat> uh, these people were to be witnesses who this was initially given to, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. I know there's a couple in here that have been to Jerusalem. Maybe somebody here has been to Judea, maybe even Samaria. But these people took it seriously, and they began to witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And finally, because people witnessed, and people were saved, and people witnessed, and people were saved, and people witnessed, and people were saved... And people witnessed and people were saved. It finally made it to the uttermost part of the world, which would be wherever you lived at the time. That you might hear the gospel. That you might be saved by the grace of God. And I tell you what, I'm very, very thankful that they took it seriously. 
Somebody say amen right there. That they took it seriously or we never would have heard along the way. And I'm telling you, we are supposed to be the same way. I mean, we are supposed to be faithful to preach in our Jerusalem, right here in St. Joseph, America, uh, in our Judea, the Missouri, in our Samaria, the United States of America, and then to the uttermost part of the world. And we may not be able to go, but that's why we support all of the missionaries that we support to, to get the gospel, reach out to the gospel to the uttermost part of the world. The Apostle Paul helps us to see some of the mission outreach in in his own ministry by desiring to preach in regions beyond. In 2 Corinthians 10, 16, he wrote to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you. I mean, to go on out, get on out there. Not only the preaching of the gospel, but in establishing the, the saints in that gospel. After they're saved. Acts chapter 15 verse 41. And he went through Syria and Cilia. Confirming the churches. Also in that he labored to leave men. In every area that could carry on the mission of the local churches. Titus chapter 1 verse 5. For this cause left I, uh, left I thee in Crete. That thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. And ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. Okay. So the apostle Paul, he went, he had a great desire to preach the gospel. In fact, he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, according to Romans chapter number one. And he went out preaching, but he didn't go out preaching and just leave people there uh, after they got saved by the grace of God. He worked to make sure that they were going to be trained up in the way that they should go after that fact. I mean, he planted churches, worked, he was a church planter and planted churches and left people there. And then he left people there that could continue on with that work. And that's a work that continues to go on today. We as a church, we're supposed to send people out that they might win people to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might disciple them and train them up in the way that they should go, that there might be some that would surrender to go to different places and plant more churches and see people saved and disciple them and raise them up and send them out and go on and on and on and on. It's God's plan. It's God's way. That's what we're supposed to do. Evangelize the sinner, disciple those that get saved, indoctrinate the saint. We're supposed to teach them, continue to help them to grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to do what God would have them to do. There's no greater ministry in the world than the ministry of the New Testament church that carries out the great commission of our Lord. There's no greater ministry, not anywhere. I'm telling you, it's a ministry that needs to continue to go on in this dark world that we live in. And there's some important thoughts to be considered concerning the mission of the local church. Let me give you those, those real quick and then we'll split up and go to lunch. Missions must have the authority of the Lord. There where we read in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, the Bible says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. There's no mission outreach of any kind that can be effective without the authority of the commissioner, the one who commissions. All power was given unto the Lord in heaven and in earth. And the Lord is the only one that has that authority. Okay, again, in Matthew 28, 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus is the one that started the church when he was here. I was really hoping for more more amens than that. He started the church while he was here. The church didn't start at Pentecost. Peter was not the first pope. No, no, no. The Lord Jesus Christ, he established the church while he was here. And the Bible says that he purchased it with his own blood. So it must be pretty important. No, no, the local New Testament church must be pretty important that he would purchase it, that he would start it, and that he would purchase it with his own blood. It's very important that we realize that a real New Testament, a New Testament church, uh, uh, that it comes under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you saying? I'm saying that nobody, that, mm, come on brain. I'm saying that there's not, that, that people can't just go out and decide they're going to start a church just because they decide they're going to start a church. There has to be authority to start that church. The authority to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, it belongs to Christ himself. He's the owner by creation and by redemption. And as well, the church as the body of believers belongs to the Lord. I said the church as the body of believers belongs to the Lord. Thus is the head of the church, that'd be the Lord Jesus Christ, all authority is vested in him. The Lord has the authority as being heavenly and earthly. Again, in Matthew 28, verse 18, where we read a couple of different times, that Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. 
So the authority that Christ has is a twofold power. It's a heavenly power and it's an earthly power. The heaven has declared he is able to perform on earth. Thus the work on earth is heavenly work. It's, it's the only work that's going to last for eternity. It's the only thing that's going to last. And somebody might say, well, for where, where, well I mean, where did he get that power? Where he didn't, he didn't assume it. He didn't usurp it. But it was given him. I mean, he was legally entitled to it, invested in it. It was given him from his heavenly father. John chapter 17, verse 2, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou uh, hast given him. So what reason did he have this power? Well, we know that he has all power in heaven. The Bible said so. We've read it there several times now. He has power of dominion over the angels. They're his humble servants. He has power of intercession with the Father. Somebody say amen right there. Oh, no, no. He's up there making intercession for you and I that have been saved by the grace of God. I'm very, very thankful for that. He has power to reconcile fallen man back to God if they'll come and put their faith and trust in him. He has power in the earth. He has power to make the atonement sacrifice for man's salvation as he did 2,000 years ago. He has the power to raise up kings whom he wills to raise up. He has the power to save those who believe. And he has the power to judge those who don't. No, I don't mind. I'll say that again. He has the power to save those who believe. And he does have the power to judge those who don't. And by the way, by the way, he will be judged one day. You can't judge me. I don't want to judge anybody. It's not my, no, no, it's not my responsibility to judge anybody. We already have a judge. And one of these days, people will stand before him. They may not like that thought, but they will stand before him one day. We that are saved will stand before him and we'll give an account of our Christian life, what we have done with our Christian life from the time he saved us until the time that we go to be with him. We won't have to answer for our sin because that was all taken care of when we trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Somebody say amen right there. I'm thankful my sin has been forgiven and forgotten. It's been covered by the blood of Christ that I never have to answer for that. But those that do not trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they will answer for every sin that they've ever committed at that great white throne judgment. Oh, no, no, they will stand there. It's not going to be a group judgment. They will stand there one by one, and they will answer for every sin they've ever committed since the time that they, that they came accountable, accountable and understood what sin is all about. They will answer for every sin that they've ever committed, and then the Bible says they will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone forever and ever. Now, that's not a fairy tale. That's really going to happen. And I know it's something that's not heard in churches around the country very much anymore, but it's still a great truth that needs to be heard in churches around uh, the world. Absolutely so. Because it is, it is the reason that we support people and send them everywhere to declare the very story that I'm declaring to you this morning. Because if people do not trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they will spend eternity in hell. And everybody really deserves a chance to hear, don't they? No, no, they deserve a chance to at least hear it. And that's why it's important that right, even right here in our own Jerusalem that we're busy trying to get the gospel out to people, that we're passing out tracts, that we're inviting people to church, that we're sharing the gospel with others as God would give us the opportunity to do so. It's very, very important that we let people know, that we let people know that there is a heaven and that there is a hell and they're going to spend eternity somewhere. One of those two places. No, no, there's no other choice. That's the only two choices that there are. His power, the Lord's power in heaven and earth has control over the world of, it just has control over the world. Our God is sovereign. What does that mean, preacher? It means he does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, with who he wants. No, it doesn't mean that he controls us like robots. He doesn't do that because we have a free will, don't we? We can pick and choose what we want to do or what we don't want to do. But God is in control. He's just as in, in, he is just as in control in 2021 as he was in 2020 or 2019 or 2018. He's just as in control. 
Well, it just seems like the world's gone about half crazy. Half crazy? I feel like we've just gone crazy. The world has gone crazy. But that doesn't mean that God's out of control. It doesn't mean it at all. You know, God is setting the stage for his return, for the return of Jesus Christ. God is setting the stage for the rapture of the church. It is going to happen. No, no, he's going to come get us. I mean, it's imminent. We know that he is coming back. I'm very, very thankful for that. And he's setting the stage. And I'm telling you, he has to set a stage like that. He has to make it all, he has has to set the stage like that so that when that one person steps up and goes, hey, I have all the answers. You know, the Antichrist, you do read the Bible, right? That he steps up, I, I have all the answers. Everybody's just going to go, oh, this is great. What is it, a vaccination? Or are you saying Fauci's the Antichrist? Okay, okay, you can't take a joke. No, I'm not. Not at all. I'm just saying that he's setting the stage. And if he can get people to the point where they're willing just to submit to whatever has to happen. Oh, come on. If he can condition us to where we're just ready to, to when they say, hey, well, you need to do this. Okay, whatever it takes. I'm telling you, no, no, the stage is being set. God is in control. Whether we, whether, we, whether we can see it or not, God is in control. He's still in control. I'm very thankful. I'm very, very thankful for that. He has power over heaven and earth. In fact, the Bible declares over in Acts chapter 10 and verse number 36, He is Lord of all. And He is. Now, He may not be your personal Lord, but He's still Lord of all. Absolutely so. You know, whatever the mission program of the church is, it must have the authority of the Lord upon it. For, for it's, it's nothing without Him. I'm saying that the church only has the power when they have the presence of the Lord in their midst. He said, Go ye therefore, I am with thee always. Um, if Christ is not glorified in the midst of the church, listen, listen, if Christ is not glorified in the midst of the church, then someone or something else is. You that are here all the time, you've heard me say it hundreds of times by now. This church is all about him. It's about him. He's the head of the church. He's the great shepherd. And if he's not, no, 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 no. If, if, if he's not glorified in the midst of the church, then something or someone else is. And it shouldn't be that way whatsoever because it's all about him. We know that missions must have positive objectives. Again, in verse number 19, we read, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Um, so the Lord didn't organize the church and leave it um, to, to um, offend or defend it for itself, but to be active in its outreach into the world. That's why he left us here. No, no, that's why he left us here. I'm going to say it again. That's why he left us here, to be effective in our outreach to the world, to let people know that Jesus did come, died for their sin, was buried, rose on the third day, and that they, if they just trust Christ as their Savior, they can be saved. The, the, the objectives for the church are laid out very clearly in the scriptures. As you read the Bible, it gives us a very clear picture of the whole ministry of the Lord's church. And we know it is to be a successful church in her mission outreach. I mean, we are supposed to be reaching out to this lost and dying world. He says, go ye therefore. And that word therefore speaks of, of concerning all that has been said before, especially in verse number 18, all powers given unto me in heaven and in earth. Uh, the very fact that all power uh, is in Christ and Christ is in and with the church, it sets forth the truth that the church can be fruitful in what she has been conditioned to do and conditioned to be. No, no, the, the Lord is the one that has given that power. The Lord is the one that given that directive. The Lord is the one that has given us that commission. And if he's the one that do, has done it and we are faithful to do it his way, we are going to see him move. We are going to see him do things that only he can do. I don't know if you take time to read the missionary letters that we put out uh, 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 on the walls back there. I, I, I would encourage you to do so because there's great things happening around the world because there's people around the world that are declaring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and people are being saved and churches are being established and things, are, things, things of, of great magnitude are happening. And, and it's not because of me so much or because of you. It's all because of him. But we're able to continue to do that because 
the church is willing to give that we can support these works. No, 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 no. These, all of these works we support on a monthly basis so that they can continue to do what God would have them to do. And you've got to understand this. If you're involved in Faith Promise Missions, if you're involved in giving to our missions program, then every person that is saved and every good thing that happens because of the Lord is added to your account. Okay, that doesn't excite you, but it does me. I'm very, very thankful. Because I may never make it to Papua New Guinea, and I may never make it over to the uttermost parts of the world, but we can send people, and we can have a part in all of that, and we should have a part in all of that. It's a valuable statement in in that the church cannot go on on her own. She can only be as productive as she goes in His name and with His authorization. And we know the church is to be an active church in, 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 in missions outreach. It says, go ye. And with the word go, there's a word of action. So, so go is to be involved. Go is to set a direction and, and go with all thy might. And go with all thy strength. The, the, the church fails often when we expect God. Listen to this, please. The church fails often when we expect God to do all the work for us, but without any activity on our part. God's not going to bless that way. Come on, we, we are the church. We are. Well, I tell you, somebody ought to do something. Yeah, you and me. We ought to do something. Sure. Give, go, tell. I mean, absolutely so. Serve the Lord. De- definitely so. We have to be involved in all of this. James teaches that truth in, over in James chapter 2, verse 18. Yea, a man say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. It's easy to let words come out of your mouth, isn't it? It's another thing to be doing the things that God tells us that we should be doing. We're supposed to be an evangelistic church in our outreach. It says to teach all nations. And teach here is to instruct in a way of righteousness, that we would share with them the message that will make them righteous, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and, and then to, to be or to make a disciple. So evangelism is to make disciples out of those who hear and respond to the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, Mark writes that it is to be uh, uh, to every creature, that is to every person, every race, every generation. And and really and truly, folks, there's so much talk, and I don't have time to get into it, especially right now. But I'm telling you, really, there's only one race in this world, and that's the human race. And every one of them deserves to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely so. Yep. Yep. God created us all. No one's to be left out in the commission given to the church. Everyone is to hear the gospel. But we're also supposed to be baptizing in, in, in our, in our, after our outreach, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And we know this, very simple, but baptizing is to be done by the authority of the Lord's church. The church is the one that has the authority to baptize. If you were baptized by Uncle Fred down in the river because you thought that would be a good thing to do, it's a great memory, but it wasn't of the right authority. The church has the authority to baptize. It's to be performed only upon those who have given a clear testimony of their faith in Jesus Christ. Come on, water has never saved anybody, and it never will save anybody. No, no, no. You, You get saved, and then you are baptized, and it identifies you with the body of Christ. Remember that a man, when he, when a man, come on brain, uh, that a man is born into the family of God by faith in Jesus Christ. You've been saved by the grace of God. You're part of the family of God. Thank God for it. Romans 3, 26. For ye are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. But also remember that a man is baptized to be a member of the local New Testament Baptist church. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have been put, have put on Christ. So the proper authority to baptize, well, it'd be the, on the local church has the authority. And the proper candidate is the repentant sinner. That's the only candidate. And the proper mode for baptism, well, there's to be, to be um, come on, to be submerged totally under the water, completely buried, completely covered over. No, 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 no. When you, when you bury somebody, you don't just sprinkle them with dirt. And baptism is a picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're identifying with him by submersion. 
And the proper motive of believers to be baptized in obedience to the will of God. And I love this, and I love every time we get a chance to, uh, to baptize. I love it because really baptism is a sign of a growing church. It's a sign of a church that's alive. We're also supposed to be a teaching church as we go out, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. You know, we're never to cease in being a church that teaches. I mean, always teaching, always instructing, always sharing biblical truths. It's a wonderful thing when somebody gets saved and somebody else in the church would befriend them and take them, take the Bible and teach them such things, teach them to observe all the things of which we have been given in, 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 in the Bible. The church in no way can just maintain its ministry and expect to remain. For, for If it does, if it does, no, no, it's going to soon die out from natural causes. Also, problems, divisions are easily bred in a church that's not active. But when we're all pursuing what God has left us here to do, it's an amazing thing, the unity that it brings. Come on, we're all trying to get people to Jesus Christ. We're all trying to help them grow in the nurture and admonition of the Lord after they get saved. We're all trying to maintain what God has given us to do. If a church, is not, if a church isn't going out and trying to get people in, it's, it's not growing. If it's not growing and giving birth to others, spiritual birth, then it's slowly dying. <clears throat> so missions has to remain the heartbeat of the church. Again, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The Great Commission is laid out for us throughout the Word of God. And truly, ladies and gentlemen, it's still as effective today as it was when it was first given. There's two major problems that we have to guard against. Stay with me just a few more minutes. There's, there's two major problems that we have to guard against. And they're good within themselves, but dangerous when they stand alone. Uh, and that would be to be evangelistic without discipling. We're not just going to go out there and try to get people to make professions of faith and leave them out there by themselves. Somebody say amen right there. No, no, that's not what we're doing. Well, I mean, God's going to take care of them. No, 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 no. We, we, we want them to trust Jesus Christ, but I'm telling you, we, 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 we have to be discipling them after they're saved. I, I, we don't want to just win souls and not teach them the truths of the Bible so that they'll know how to live. Come on, a baby's not born. You throw it out on the curb and go, well, I hope you make it the best you can. No, and babes in Christ, they shouldn't be treated that way either. Not at all. And number two, to always be discipling without evangelism. That is to spend time teaching and training without bringing new souls uh, 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 to teach. You know, without new births into a family, that family name's soon going to die out. That family name's soon going to be extinct. Uh, we, can, we can become so sound in the faith that we lose sight of those who are lost without Christ. We know all this Bible. We can quote verses to you. We know where the books are. We can turn there when the pastor says to turn there and all these things. And yet we're not taking uh, action to let other people know about Jesus Christ. And really, there's no middle of the road in this matter. It's possible, it is possible to be evangelistic and, and to disciple those that get saved. It is possible. That's where we need to pray and labor to be as a church to, and to maintain this position until Jesus Christ does come back. Reproduction keeps the heart young. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Isn't it a great joy to see somebody get saved by the grace of God? Oh, no, no. And just, 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 just see the joy in their own life and God's working in them and they're doing their best. I just love it. The things that are going to keep a heart fresh is the birth of new life. I love it. Just watch the expressions on the faces of, of the, 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 the senior saints around here when children are in their, in the, uh, around. I mean, I, I'm so very thankful. Don't you just love having all the babies in the church, all the kids in the church? I, I just love it. It's a great life. I mean, absolutely, absolutely so. But it's the same way. It's the same way that when we are seeing people saved by the grace of God and they're babes in Christ, we ought to be excited about that. Well, I tell you what, they're making mistakes and they're doing all this. You made a lot of mistakes. Okay, I'll say that again. You made a lot of mistakes. 
we're supposed to be helping them along the way. We don't get upset just because they make a mistake. Mercy's sake's alive. We take them by the hand, show them what they're supposed to be doing. Absolutely so. <laughs> but reproduction fulfills the purpose for life. Say with me, I'm almost done. Revelation 22, 17, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Um, there, there's a lot of verses that declare that the glory of the aged is the children that were born unto them. Proverbs 17, 6, Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children, uh, uh, and the glory of children are their fathers. Um, reproduction, it prepares the new generation with servants of truth. Now get this, stay with me, get this. In Titus chapter 1, verse number 5, it says, For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city, as I had appointed thee. <clears throat> um, some of us are getting old. Yep. And you know what we need to be doing? We need to be training up these old, uh, these younger folks to take our place when we graduate to heaven. You know what I want? And it's, it's a great blessing to have Brother Gary Williams uh, the, the, in service today, the one that started this church all 50 years ago. Very thankful. Very thankful. I tell you what he wants, and I tell you what I want. I want when I step off the scene for this church just to continue to do what it's done for 50 years. I know just to stay on that straight and narrow. To continue to take the gospel to people that they might be saved by the grace of God. To see them saved and baptized. To see them discipled and brought up along the way. To see God call people out of the church to go off and preach the gospel. I'm telling you, I mean, no, no, just keep going. And that's what we want. That's what we want. For the church to stay where it is. Jesus hasn't changed. Why should the church change? The methods haven't changed. Why should we change? We keep doing what God would have us to do. For that cause I left the in Crete. I, 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 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says, Thou for my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. We just need to keep going and keep going. I'm telling you, if I fall over dead, hopefully somebody come in and just take over and keep on going and keep on going. Because the church isn't about me. It's all about Him. It's all about fulfilling the purpose He left us here to fulfill. As one generation goes off the scene, the next generation should be ready, trained to take over. That's what these preacher boys are all about. Mercy's sake's alive. I want to train them up in the way that God would have them to go. Keep on going. It's a reality that one generation is going to pass the mantle to the next generation. But what kind of mantle is the question? It's the question. We want to, uh, we, we want to pass the right mantle. Let, 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 me, let me close. Let me close. We know the church is the body of the Christ. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ in the midst of a wicked world. The church is to be a body closely uh, uh, related to her Lord. No, the people would see Jesus in the church. She's to be a body faithfully serving her Lord. To be a body laboring with her Lord to get the message of Christ out into the world. And part of that mission includes sending others to places that we cannot go. And that's where we can all be a part in giving to our Faith Promise Missions program so that others can continue to go. And, and I, I, I firmly believe everyone needs to be a part of that program. And here's the thing, everyone can. So a preacher, there's not much I can give. You don't have to give, just, just give what God would have you to give. You know, God can take a little and use it, can't He? And if everybody gives the way that God wants them to give, that we can support missionaries, send more people, do more for the cause of Christ, sure, yeah. We're to be found faithful in fulfilling the church's ministry until the Lord comes again. And the church as a whole should be involved in this mission. 
and individual believers to be involved in this missions outreach. So what do you think that uh, your part in sending missionaries around the world is going to be for this next year? Your part in being a help in all of this. Or it might just be that God is dealing with you to go for Him. We need more people going. We need more people surrendered to do what God would have them to do. The mission of the church is to get the gospel out to a lost and dying world. Church, we ought to be doing that right here in St. Joseph. We ought to be doing it right here. There's a lot of people out there in our city that need the gospel. They need it. Well, preacher, I can't make anybody. Don't move, stop. We're not trying to make anybody do anything. All we can do is just give them the gospel. We're not twisting their arm. I hate it when somebody tries to shove something down my throat. We don't want to shove anything down anybody's throat. We just want to give them the truth. They have to make the decision whether they're going to end up in heaven or hell. They have to make that decision. But it's our responsibility to tell them the truth. And we need to be out there doing that. But also, if we're not able to go, we need to be supporting others that will go and can go. And certainly at the end of this month, we'll have an opportunity to make a faith promise pledge and what we believe God would have us to give for this next year that we can continue to support missionaries. And there's going to be a lot more talk about that as we get closer. Don't forget the mission of the church. Look, I'm going to quit. I love, I love the fellowship of our church. No, no, I love it that people show up and that we can fellowship before the services, after the services. I love the fellowship. I love the things that we can do. Groups get together and they have fellowships and things. I love all of that. Absolutely so. Yeah. I love coming together and hearing music like we heard this morning. Thank God for the music of Riverside Baptist Church. Good God-glorifying music. Amen. No, no, that's not entertainment. We're not trying to entertain anybody. We're singing unto Him. I'm thankful for the congregational singing where people sing loud enough that I can sing and they don't have to hear me. Amen. I'm thankful for all of that. I'm very thankful. But I'm thankful there's church in the past that believed in getting the gospel out and that one, one day somebody came by my house and knocked on my door and gave me the gospel and brought me to a place that I could trust Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. That's the business of the church. Enjoy all the other parts. Hallelujah, absolutely. But don't forget the commission or the mission of the church. Let's all stand. Would you stand with me? Thank you for being so patient this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you for being so attentive this morning. Our heads bowed, our eyes are closed. No one looking around in, rest, in, 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 in respect of the Lord for just a moment, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. No one looking around in respect to the Lord. There may be someone in here this morning that would say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Would you please remember to pray for me? I'd really like to pray for you. Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at and allow me to do that? I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call on you. I'm not going to come to you. I'd just like to pray for you. Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I am not sure that I am saved. I'm not sure. Would you please pray for me right there? I see your hand. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you for your honesty. Others, yeah, preacher, that's me too. I'm not sure. I, I don't know for sure if I died today that I would go to heaven. I'm not sure. When you pray for them, will you pray for me? I sure will. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Just slip your hand up wherever you might be. I'll see it. I'll pray right there. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Others, others, would you just let me pray for you? I can't, I can't save you, that's for sure. But I know the one that can. I'd like to pray for you that way, if you will. Right there. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else before we move on? We're going to move on. I'm not going to drag this out. I'd sure like to pray for you if you're not sure you're saved. Would you allow me to do that? You're in here this morning and you say, Preacher, God's been dealing with me about what I can do to get the gospel to other people. Would you please pray with me that I'll do whatever it is God wants me to do? Flip up your hand. Let me pray with you about that. Hold them up for just a second as I look across here. God bless you. There, 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 back there, back there. 
right there. God, God bless you over here. Yeah, preacher, I need to be getting the gospel out to more people. Would you please pray with me about that? Boy, let me pray with you about that, would you? God bless you there and there. It's not good enough that we're just serving here. We need to be getting the message out to people right there. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Thank you for that. Heavenly Father, I pray for those in here that do not know Christ as their Savior. They lifted their hand. They asked me to pray for them. I pray, dear God, that you would convince them that that's their greatest need right now, that they would put their faith and trust in Christ before it's too late. And Lord, that maybe they would even come this morning and let someone take a Bible and show them how they can get that all settled even before they leave this place today. Lord, I pray that you'd continue to deal with them and deal with them and draw them to yourself and bring them to that place that they do put their faith and trust in Christ before it's too late. Lord, help us. Help us to pray for them as we should. And then, Father, for the many hands that went up across this auditorium, we need to be getting the gospel out to this lost and dying world. I pray for these folks. They asked me to. I pray you give them boldness of the Holy Spirit. I pray you'd lay people upon their heart that they need to speak to or need to get the gospel to. I pray that we would be a good witness around our city, uh, Lord, in inviting people to church and giving them gospel tracts. Help us to be a light in this world. Help us to be doing everything that we can to try to get people to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you for the commission. Help us in our faith in our faith promise this year to even pledge more than we did last year, that we might support more missionaries. That <clears throat> time seems to be running out, and I pray we'll do all we can until the return of Christ. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Instruments going to going to play. You raise your hand for salvation. If you'd come this morning, we have someone who can take a Bible and take you aside, show you how you can have that settled. And we'd love to do that. We're not going to try to force you to do anything. But if you'd come this morning, somebody meet you down here, and we can get somebody to take a Bible and take you and show you how to have all of that settled. We'd love to do that. God loves you, and Jesus died for you and rose again so that you might know him. You can come when you get that settled. Maybe you need to come this morning and pray for somebody. You know you need to get the gospel. Maybe to a close loved one. To neighbors, friends. And you just need to come and ask God to help you. To have the boldness, the courage to tell others about Jesus Christ. Whatever God wants you to do, let Him have His way. The altar's open, people are praying. Would you come?